0: The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts and guests of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley
1: Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs broadcasted on this station. If you would like to know more about Valley Free Radio, please visit us at
0: valleyfreeradio.org.
2: So, good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Michael Da. With me tonight are George Claxton. Good and evening. And Timberlake. Hey there. And the uh, the shamefaced John Roberts on the board. <laughs> and our co-executive producer, uh, Stefan Ward-Wheaton is... Uh,
3: Who is lurking in the corner over there. Yes,
2: I'm sure he will have something to say. <clears throat> So um excellent lurking, by the way, Stefan. Yeah, absolutely.
3: <laughs> um
0: we do this for the glory? Is that why we do this?
2: Yes.
3: <laughs> well I do it for world conquest. <laughs>
2: and I do it for the fat stacks of cash.
3: <laughs> that are waiting
2: somewhere out there in the world, but not here. I'm like the underpants gnomes on, on South Park. Step one, do a radio show. Phase two <laughs> Phase three, profit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Does it stay off the internet and don't run for office and you'll be fine. <laughs> right,
2: exactly. Well, so, um, <laughs> uh, before we get into this, I just want to mention that uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can reach us uh, uh, Sorry, via email. It's civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org. On Facebook, we are facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio. And on Twitter, it's at civilpoliticsfm. We do also have a website where you can listen to this show and uh, other shows uh, from our past, uh, which is quite simply civilpoliticsradio.com. So um, I had a little thing I wrote, I don't know if you guys, because I finally dashed this off at the last minute, Uh, just want to take a minute, but this is like, to me, like what the point of the show is. And feel free to, like, just roll your eyes and ignore me. <laughs> oh, no.
0: What? We're m- Did you say something? Yeah, <laughs> we're more civil than that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we'll turn our backs before we roll our eyes.
0: <laughs> but this is why we do the show, right? That's the, that's, that's that's the, idea. the gist of tonight.
2: Well, and so I I, I just I wanted to share this. So for me, the point of this show is to talk about the essential opposition that makes us human. Um, we are, all of us, unique individuals. We are all of us endowed by our creator with inalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, for the moment. yeah. Except for us atheists. Right. Well, somebody created us, right? Mom, dad, at least.
0: (laughs) I wouldn't put them up there on a, never mind.
2: (laughs) Well, your parents maybe not, but mine. (laughs) Um, But we're all of us someone who matters. Um, And I think we're all of us, um, we're also all of us part of a larger whole. And not just because we need, Uh, our fellow humans to be whole in our lives, both emotionally and physically. I mean, humans as a species, we've been around for, what, about 100,000 years? More, depending how you want to define the
3: term human, right? Well, if you're defining it as genus Homo, longer than that. If you're defining us as Homo sapiens sapiens, Hundred to one hundred and fifty thousand years would be fair.
0: Right. That's George. He knows everything. Well, that, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was, you know. George
3: has degrees in anthropology and archaeology. Yeah. So, I mean, I knew that too. But yeah, yeah. George.
0: And, and at home, nobody could see us all turning to George and waiting for his. I, I, yeah. I,
2: I, I wanted to double check. I know it's yeah. the camera on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the genus Homo, you go back like what four or five million years at this point. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so for almost all of that time, we lived in small nomadic groups maybe, what, 150 people tops, thereabouts? Uh,
3: Less than that. Yeah. The average average band society is 30 to 50 people. Right, right, okay. Sometimes smaller. Right, sometimes smaller. But I mean, like, a large band is 100 people, so. Yeah, that would be a large band.
2: Yeah. So these larger societies we live in have only been around for a few thousand years. The world we live in today has been utterly transformed by all the people who've come before us. 10,000, if you want to give a number to it.
3: Roughly. I,
2: th- again, there's sort of different ways to argue about that. But, I yeah.
0: love this. This is like just great to sit here and watch you guys. Yeah. yeah. So,
2: so, you know, our, we've cut down the forests. We've sowed crops. We've dug up minerals and oils. We've moved plants and animals all over the planet. We've invented a staggering array of technologies. And we've discovered profound truths about the universe. Um, and it's because of people like, say, Michael Faraday, Enrico Marconi, Thomas Edison, J.P. Morgan, and Franklin Roosevelt. I can sit here in a basement in Northampton, Mass. You forgot Tesla. Uh, No, I didn't. Um, And be heard by all the people all over the Pioneer Valley. I like Tesla, too. I'm with you, George. Tesla's great, but he didn't invent the power grid. Mm. Mm. No, he didn't. He didn't. That That, was actually Westinghouse. That's Edison.
0: (laughs) Well, it's Westinghouse um, because Edison wanted D.C., Oh, yeah. Oh, and, Edison and wanted DC. Tesla. Well,
3: but let's not get into the weeds on this. <laughs> well, no, that's true. But I mean, Finish the whole the whole like... idea of the power AC/DC? grid is AC
0: yeah, DC. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> well, see, we do disagree even about who invented. There, the. there is probably a show
3: on this station where they play AC DC. Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, but I mean, we're here in Northampton, and people all over the valley can hear us, and because people like Tim Berners Lee. Al Gore, John von Neumann, Ada Lovelace, Alan Turing, people all over the world can hear us over the internet. Um,
0: thanks to the internet. All
2: right. And because of people like, you know, Chaucer and Shakespeare and Emily Dickinson and J.K. Rowling, a muggle like me speaks English the way I do, and you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, and, you know, because of mom and dad, I get to be here at all. Thanks, all right, mom. You,
3: you also forgot Webster and all of that.
2: Oh, uh, there's a ton of people. Webster, Samuel Johnson. Absolutely. I'm, I'm just picking out a few names because the point is there are so many more names I could talk to. Those I could, are so I could speak Western,
0: about, oh. all those names. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> and they're recent.
3: And He's most just of them a name me. dropper. A <laughs> yeah.
0: A European, Central european uh, civilization. Sure. Right?
3: <laughs>
2: but, uh, you know, but I mean, those people were all definitely important in inventing the Internet. In the development of, See, of gun, radio that we have here.
0: Gunpowder is really important invention. Absolutely. And that's Chinese. Yeah,
2: Absolutely. <laughs> I think All that's right. Is that right? Yes, that's it right. is. Originally, yeah. So all of these things have come together. We're all of us standing now on the shoulders of the people who came before us. And you're shoulder to shoulder with the other people who share the universe with us now. And getting along together is hard. I mean, heck, we're arguing now. <laughs> I'm not taking the bait. Right. <laughs> so that struggle that its so frustrating and so necessary. That's what politics is. Um, and just because we all have to work together doesn't mean we all agree in what we do or how we do it. Um, the oldest surviving story that I know of is the Epic of Gilgamesh, and it begins with the ordinary citizens of one of our f- first cities complaining about their government. <laughs> and that's just a few thousand people living in mud brick houses. Um, our world today, it's so much more complicated than that. I mean, vastly, incomprehensibly more complicated than that. So we need our, the best from ourselves, but we need each other to like come together to to make sense of the world and to live in it together. Um, there's no
0: alternative, really. Rugged individualism. Rugged individualism <laughs> is
2: awesome. I'm I'm all in favor of it. But I mean, even the rugged individualist, like, oh yeah, that that good you know carbon steel utility knife you got. Did you dig up that iron yourself and figure out how to how to smelt the ore and then forge it and then I've hone it? I've been
0: trying, but I
3: just can't. You yeah, know? Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. Like, like I actually have made a knife in a forge. Sure. No, I, you know, but like, even it's a then, lot of work, I, right? It's yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a tremendous amount of yeah. work.
2: And yeah. even then, you didn't invent the process; someone no, showed person. you how to do it. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we like, and the 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 languages that we use to communicate information to each other, like like that, we that are our, our inheritance from the past. All the, the words and all the books that we read, you know, other people wrote them. Other people invented printing presses uh, and 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 created the languages that we that we speak and think in. Like, we're all part of this. This great hole that stretches way back before us, and hopefully stretches far into the future. Fingers crossed. Um, and and so. Anything
0: uh, in global warming is that <laughs> global
2: warming is certainly an issue. I mean, you know, climate change. I mean, climate change is a problem. You know, it's not out of the question that some future generation, or know, possibly the current generation of humans, will do something really stupid and have a global nuclear exchange, and we'll all be dead. I mean, you know, who knows? But just the, like the point of this show is about us coming together and the way we do that and trying to 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 provide an example of it and to talk about it and to be smart about it i don't know so does that make any sense to you guys
0: so how diverse are we as a as a radio show
2: i don't know how do you want to define it
0: uh religion socioeconomic status race age
2: well, we're all humans. That's that's one thing. <laughs> that's the Are basic. you sure? Uh, pretty <laughs> sure. You know, we aren't. We aren't letting any dogs talk on the radio, much as. <laughs> Sorry. Well, um, I but
3: don't the know. force is with me.
2: Um, I don't know. I
0: think we're more. Di- I mean, I think we're sort of middle class, kind of. Oh yeah. Yes. Do you know what I mean? We're n- yeah. we're not. But w-
3: we didn't necessarily all grow up in the middle class. I know I didn't.
0: No, I didn't I- either.
2: I sure did. Yeah. You know. But we all went to college, the three. Uh, the, yes, actually, the three of us. And I, I, I don't know. Actually, I don't know if John Brown and Stefan. I think they graduated at least from elementary school. But I mean, you know, Stefan especially. I wonder about. Oh, here we go.
0: I talk good. <laughs> I talk
3: English most goodly. Graduate school? That's impossible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, here comes Stefan. I
1: can do all the education things. <laughs> I, I
2: graduated. Um, from H uh, C with Associates. There you go. College education. Yeah. So, um...
0: And our yeah. ages are like... I'm I'm 64. I'm the oldest. Oh, really? So, yeah. So, and we go down from there, and you guys are all youngins. I reverse the digits, <laughs> and you, you got on my age. Youngins? Yeah. <laughs> well, George, you're a little closer to me than the others, but... Yes. Yeah, and, and Stefan is... And those
3: I, stinking kids over there. And Stefan,
0: <laughs> I think,
2: is
3: 12. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh 28 really yeah. Oh. yeah see we're counting on boy, him boy f- i got hats older than me <laughs> <laughs> Probably better <looking> too. Yeah. <laughs> well and and you know i think for some of us we're hoping that the next generations and you guys are really the ones that are going to straighten out what happened because it seems like we're kind of in a bit of a mess
3: yeah <laughs> um but you know this i was <sighs> thinking about Crap, what I was we looking were, at him and hoping he would. <laughs> yeah, what we're, we were going to talk about on the show today. Yeah, please, what and, do you want? And recently, we've heard from a lot of people talking about unity and how everybody needs to work together and we all need to tolerate each other. And to some extent, that's true. Absolutely. I think that it's a good idea to tolerate one another and speak to one another With reasoned arguments. On the other hand, there's a point at which you have to say it stops. Yeah. You know, I am not someone who can tolerate the KKK and their beliefs or the Nazi party and their beliefs. For one thing, their beliefs include killing me. Right. So it simply doesn't make sense for me to try to get along with that. And I don't think that you have to do that in order to maintain a civil society. I think that you allow people to have those beliefs. I'm not someone who says, well, people with those beliefs can't be allowed here. We can't have them in the country. We're not not going to round up the members of the KKK. No. I
0: just want to know who they are,
3: right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wouldn't want my sister to marry one. Um, Oh, dear. (laughs) But... It's, it's one of those things where, yeah, you're allowed to have those beliefs. You're allowed to march in Skokie, Illinois, if you're a Nazi. And even the ACLU supported their right to do so yeah. and lost a lot of support because they did. Yeah. But that's what maintaining a civil, civil society is all about. Yeah. yeah, we allow people to have other beliefs. That doesn't mean we have to agree with them. It doesn't even mean that we have to necessarily, in quotes, tolerate them in the sense that we have to go along to get along with that. Right. Because I'm not going to go along to get along with somebody who wants to recreate Auschwitz which with its original uh, mission statement. right? That simply doesn't make sense. Well, I, I mean, go along to get along was
2: one of the hurdles that had to be overcome in dismantling Jim Crow. Yes. Like the, the unfair racist laws that burdened our society – uh, I think it's happening decades. in our Congress. Back when I was young, yeah. when, when right. Sue and I were young.
0: Yeah, when yeah. we were youngsters. Um, I think Congress Good has... job,
2: by the way, your generation getting rid of that crap before I came along. Thank you.
0: Oh, I can't take any credit for that.
2: Well, I certainly can't. <laughs> um, I certainly opposed
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think Congress is like that now, and I don't mean Jim Crow, but I think that they're— God, let's hope not. They're in it. They're in it with each other, sort of, that they're all colluding— in sort of um, you know, taking kickbacks or, or cozying up to Wall Street. I mean, there is a certain sort of herd stuff that's going on, all the money that's in the Congress. I mean, I think that's part of the problem, that they don't stand up and say, no, that's wrong. I mean, it's very hard for them to do that, I think, as individuals.
3: I, I would like to say that I, I think that kickback is too strong a word. Accepting someone... Tit for tat? Giving you... Um, money to get elected is not a kickback. If I pass a law, you know, if I'm Joe Congressman and I get a law passed saying that Lehman Brothers gets to do X, Y, and Z, which makes them billions of dollars, and as a result, they give me a couple of million bucks, that's a kickback if however they agree individual with individual officers if, give it to you <laughs> yes if they agree with my ideas and Think that I should be re-elected and they provide money for my re-election, that's something different. It can also be sleazy and it can be a quid pro quo in the sense that they may expect something of Backs me. Backs are scratched yeah, mutually, and, but... but and, and it's reasonable to assume that they would expect something of you, me. That's why they're giving me the money. Right.
2: But you're you're right. It isn't the same thing as like, George, thanks for passing that law. Have a beach house. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Fair enough. And well, when, and that does happen, and, you know, sure. we, we go after them. those people. Yeah. I've yeah. heard yeah. it.
2: Who was that guy who had, like, what, the $100,000 in cash in his freezer? Or in his freezer. There was De- in, Democrat in Louisiana. Louisiana, I his yes. Name, yeah. yeah, and I, That just really struck me as, like, what I meant, dude, well, how blatant do you have to be? <laughs> more was don't the, get a popsicle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't
0: look in that freezer. Yeah. Um, I was talking more about the herd behavior of them going along with it, so their colleagues go along with it. If Mm. they're Democrats, they all kind of go, okay, this is what we're going to do. And I've heard it the reverse way, that the politician doesn't get the lobbyists to come in and say, please pass this bill. The politician says, we're thinking about regulating shoelaces, and all the shoelace companies come in. And no. start donating. So it's it's almost like it's it's the threat of doing something sometimes that actually— I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it's the reverse of what you would think it is because they know very well they need some money. All they have to do is start to draft some legislation, and the money starts to flow. Uh, I I, to stop would,
3: it. I would say that that happens occasionally, and we, we've had a few people in the last 10 years or so who've been sent— to jail for doing things along those lines. What was the name of that guy? Uh, a Republican Rob, lobbyist. Oh, uh, oh uh, Jack Abramoff. Jack Abramoff, Abramoff yeah. who spent years in prison because he was doing exactly that. But, you know, the job of lobbyists is to go to Congress and say, we want these laws passed. That's their actual function. Yeah, or we want these laws yeah. changed. And we, we, in fact, have space for that in the constitution there are rules in the constitution that says we get to we get to propose things to our government yeah and you know i years ago i worked for a
2: little while for clean water action an environmental activist group you know and absolutely we had like it would do a voting guide of like okay so these are the members of congress and this is how they vote on environmental issues that we care about and you know, uh, like
0: so. Who do you give money to? Right, yeah, and and think, like,
2: and we urge you to support these people who vote. You know, <laughs> vote vote the way we think is smart on these important issues. Yeah, uh, y- yeah I mean, it's it's that's. Yeah. I mean, if you want to call that corrupt, it's like I don't know quite how yeah, to. I'm
0: being more sinister than that. I'm yeah. saying I'm I'm Susie Congresswoman, and yeah. I say let's have a hearing on Uber and the rules around taxis, and the money flows, and and, the and Uber's gonna... like, hey, you know. <laughs>
2: We bet you'd look great in the Senate. Here's fifty thousand dollars. Well,
0: but it it it, yeah. it draws attention to the Congressperson, yeah. and it directs the power flow, and it's whether or not the money flows exactly. But it's a it's a we threaten to regulate. That's 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 the process. I thought I you know I I'm, have sure well, it, thing, I'm sure I'm sure it works is, that way at least some of the time. I some mean, how of the would time not. Yeah. And yeah.
3: and in truth, throughout the history of the United States, I'm sure. In fact, I know. I know for a fact that that has happened, particularly in the 19th century with the railroads because the railroads and the building of the railroads was probably one of the most corrupt institutions in the history of the country.
0: Hey, but they got it done.
3: Yeah, they got it done. They drove but you, the golden stake. <laughs> you ended up with with railroads that were sort of like corkscrews instead of straight lines.
0: Following the incentives? Or <laughs> yeah. Yes,
3: because you got a mile to either side of the track and you got complete control of that land. You also got so much per mile. So why do a 20-mile of straight track when you can do 150 miles of curving track?
0: Yeah, get all the... Yeah. Oh, people are so ingenious. That's the that's the scary part. Well, that that's a
3: really nice way of putting the <laughs> corruption.
2: There was a great Planet Money story uh, about why the Tappan Zee Bridge is where it is on the Hudson River at one of the widest oh, I points. Why
0: were you telling us about this right, one time? Right, yeah. Whereas, like,
2: it had been for, like you know half a mile down down river, it had been a much narrower point. But the point is, like, that was the closest point to New York City that would be outside the ambit of the Port Authority. So the governor of New York wanted to control that. So, you know, Thomas Dewey, I think. So yeah. like,
0: So now we know um, everybody wants to stay away from the Port Authority. and. Yeah. Well, he didn't <laughs> want to share the revenue. Yeah.
2: You know, it's not, just that simple. It, it, nothing bad or good about the Port Authority. Just he didn't want to share the revenue. So he put it there.
0: And look at those yeah. incentives. And those exist today. I mean, that's yeah. kind of, I mean, that's the problem, right? Is that it, that's the benefit and the problem. You know exactly where people are going to go because of, where the revenue is and yeah. you know the power and influence and a lot
3: yeah well who was the bank robber that said that he robbed Willy banks sutton. because that's where the money was Willie yeah. sutton mm-hmm. yeah
0: so i i don't see us getting money out of politics soon but
2: well
1: better and we can't be because the because influence. politics
0: i mean in in terms of
2: how it actually operates you know we have a, as a society we have We generate wealth. We have economic activity. Even a very primitive society, like, you know, go out and gather nuts and berries and whatever, you know. We have wealth and we collect a surplus and we have a surplus and what do we do with it? Well, we save it for later. But um, when we we have
0: have to hire cats to protect the nuts and berries from the mice. Right. When we
2: we (laughs) have a group and we have a surplus, we decide what do we want to do with it? Like, do we want to give it all to, you know, save it all up for later? Do we want to give it all to to Steve because he broke his leg and he needs food right now because he can't go out and contribute, but he will later? You know, like, it's a whole argument. You could always say, like, yeah, forget it, Steve. We're going to leave you on the ice floe for the polar bears, and we're going to carry on as we were.
0: You know, Here's half a blanket. Good luck. Exactly. <laughs> except of But that's course. what
2: politics is about. I mean it's just it's the argument about so we have the surplus, what do we do with it? And uh, now we, we, we put it in the form of taxes. But I mean it's where the money flows
3: in, is what in it's band about. level societies where you're gathering the nuts and berries there's and not whatnot. Much surplus, right? Well I mean, no, thanks. there's a tremendous amount of surplus. Uh Band-double societies, hunter-gatherer societies, oh, hunter-gatherers, actually yes. produce yeah. vastly more than they can consume.
0: They actually had easier lives than the farmers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: because it takes a ridiculous amount of input of energy to do farming. The one thing that you get in farming that you don't get in a hunter-gatherer society is a lot of meat. And staying put. Well, staying put has its disadvantages, too. Disease, for example. But... For a band level society, you gather all of the stuff you need. It actually takes less time to do so than yep. it, than agriculture would, but you also take care of the members of your band who are crippled or otherwise oh, sure. unable to take part. Sure, because that's what humans do. Because, you know, they're probably family or they are they are kith as it is, that is Oh kin. Fictive kin. Yeah. 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 Kin is somebody actually yeah. related. Kith is somebody who is fictive kin, or at least friendly. Yeah. yeah. But when you get to the level of an agricultural society, speaking as an anthropologist here, you have the problem that not everybody is necessarily related in that city. About or, ten thousand years ago, or even they somebody you know, developing city states.
0: Yeah. Or even somebody, or you even know. necessarily yeah. somebody that you know. Oh, so you have if, to deal with stranger. Yeah, right stranger
2: and that's and that's part of why what the epic of Gilgamesh is about is like who are all these people and why are you telling me what to do? I don't know who you are. And but the, one of the one of the reasons why agriculture caught on, even though it is a lot of work and, uh, and for some. And a lot of hassle oh for most people, <laughs> but it generates the kind of it can support the kind of uh, uh, the kind of population levels and create the kind of surplus that allows you to have 10,000 people living together in a society that's really hard to do. But
0: some people are working harder than others in those societies.
3: Well, yes, I should hope so. <laughs> well, it people are working at different things. When you start to get stratified societies, you also get specialists. Yeah. So you may not be able, for example, to grow food. I can grow food, but I don't have time to make pots because I'm busy growing the food. You may not have legs, but you can make pots.
2: Well, and even if you you can, um, I should mention, by the way, this is civil politics here on Valley Free Radio. Um, even if you can, you just might be like, you know, like, she does a f- show called Farm to Fork, but she's a terrible farmer. But she's a gr- <laughs> she's great at making pottery. No, so no, the we'll guitar.
0: making forks. <laughs> Good yeah. on the guitar. Right. Well, and you So start, we'll have you do that. You start to create all these other specialty jobs right. that, you know, it, sometimes you wonder about some of
3: these specialty jobs. Like radio host? Or, <laughs> or like priests, for example. Mm. Priests, oh, I definitely wonder about them. Priests actually serve not a whole lot of purposes, so the priests have to come up with reasons for why you should feed them, and the gods say so. How do we know? Because we are the people who are intercession between you and the gods. And without us, well, you're hosed.
0: See, it's that person always inserting themselves between me and whatever. That's hmm. the person I'm always suspect of. Why are people always saying, "Well, God, you, you are such
3: a Republican."
2: You
0: can't buy the <laughs> you can't buy the car directly. You got to go through here. You have to go through a dealer. You can't just buy a Tesla. You got to you got to go through automotive dealers. You can't do yeah. this. You know, you can't speak to God. You have to speak to the priest. All that you know, yeah. that people are grabbing those points of leverage and, you know, uh-huh. using them to their advantage. Gatekeeping, and yeah. They're gatekeeping. And yeah. a, that really begins, I think, when you start to have Stratified c- societies, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's people spend their whole careers trying. I, I knew people that did coding, and they would hide a...
3: Computer coding. F-
0: computer coding. they yeah. would hide a, f- a file folder somewhere with their name in it and their a special password. And so if they were ever let go, the program wouldn't be able to find their folder anymore and the whole system would fail and they'd have to be called back as a consultant and that's a common practice really used to be huh. it's not so common anymore because you can't get away with it but it would be spaghetti code and then you know this sec- secret place where only Joe could fix the salary and wage program when it blew up Yeah. Ah.
3: so you're saying that these programmers they were like um, not necessarily on the up and up
0: they just they wanted to keep their jobs and their influence yeah.
2: <coughs> So, well, that makes sense, I guess. And bankers are
0: the same way. Yeah. And dentists and doctors yeah. who don't want other people practicing medicine and social workers. And and,
3: <laughs> and that is what <laughs> happened in the mid or early to mid-20th century as midwives lost power. Doctors wanted to be the ones who uh, were attending at the birth of children, even though there was... Absolutely no need to actually have a doctor there. The midwives already knew what they were doing, but they wanted to get rid of them, so they had laws passed so that a lot of midwives billable hours there. Yeah,
0: well, and and a lot of the statistics actually show that it was the physicians that were spreading child. Childbirth fever.
2: Back in the 19th century, Yeah, yeah and they would blame fever. it yeah. on
0: the midwives, but the actual numbers were the physicians, and yeah. they used those deaths to scare people even more about yeah, the midwives. They, so, they were the vectors, yeah. Same, same behavior. So I don't know what you do about that but, behavior. But at the <laughs> same time,
2: if we're going to be talking about medicine, for example, like— uh, in the early 20th century, there was something called the Flexner Report, which is looking at how medical schools operated in this country. Oh,
0: that's when they were still quacks, yeah.
2: Well, and and part of the reason why they aren't quacks, part of the reason why medical school is now like a rigorous, you know, scientific uh, uh, training protocol is because of the influence of people like Abraham Flexner saying, like, you know... Uh, uh, there's you know, some
0: real science here we should be to Right, I mean, like, to, like there's, yeah. a, there's a
2: lot you have to know. I mean, like, you... you you know, it's not just a matter of looking in books. You actually need hands-on experience, dissecting cadavers, and 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 treating people, and and listening to their symptoms, and finding out about the latest treatments and whatnot. There's just like, you know, and studying virology and whatnot. There's all this stuff that needs to be that people need to know in order to do medicine better. And the a lot, some of these schools don't teach it at all. Some of them did. Some of them were great, you know. But like, you know, the, the, like one of the schools they investigated was basically just like a bunch of empty offices in Chicago so
0: so we should talk about the star report when we come back and what happened to the corporatization of we can certainly (laughs) do that
2: but yeah we are gonna take a a short break uh, in just a moment here on civil politics Uh, don't go away Uh, we'll be right back
1: have you always loved to read but find it hard to do these days Forbes library offers a variety of alternatives to keep you reading long into the night a large selection of large print books, audiobooks, and easy to use ebooks and e audiobooks are available to borrow. You will find bestsellers, classics, and nonfiction offerings. Forbes Library is now affiliated with the National Library Service to provide audiobooks, magazines, and even the daily news for people with vision loss, difficulty holding traditional book or newspaper formats, and for people with certain learning disabilities. Our staff is happy to help you find just the book in just the right format. Call 413. 413- to find out more. Hi, my name's Leo, and I use he, him, his pronouns. Hi, my name's AJ, and I use they, them, theirs pronouns. Did you know that sex is your biology and gender is how you identify? You can't assume someone's gender based on their clothes, based on their hair, based on their voice, who they hang out with, who they're attracted to. My gender isn't your business. Ask me my pronouns! Brought to you by the PVPA Student Group for Gender, Sexuality, and Diversity.
2: You skin me right round, baby, right round. Oration,
1: right, right,
2: I call.
1: Dark in the city, that is the sea we not come to me. Reach out,
0: touch
3: base. Better,
0: better.
3: faster. You you wish.
0: Tune into Subculture, the best in new wave, electro, dance, indie pop, and funk music. Friday nights from 8 to 10 here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJ 103.3 FM. This is Professor Howard Zinn. The independent, non-commercial radio station you're listening to is really important in the maintenance of democracy. Thomas Jefferson once said, an informed democracy will behave in a reasonable manner. So if you care about being informed, if you care about democracy, if you're a reasonable person, you are, of course. Please support your source for uncensored news and views and the voice of your community.
1: Wednesday nights, you might tune in to the warm heart of Africa to hear the funky, sinuous rhythms of Afrobeat. Or the pulse of Algerian rhyme music. Or the desert trance of Tuareg blues. Or township jive from Johannesburg. Or catchy sucous beats from the Congo. Those are just a few examples of what you might hear from 7 to 9 every Wednesday night right here on Valley Free Radio. Join me, your host, DJ Vinyl Scratch, on The Warm Heart of Africa, a celebration of African and Afro-diaspora music, culture, and history, delivered with a groove.
0: My name is Amanda Messer. I'm 17 years old, and I'm a student from Turner's Falls High School. Buildboard bodies. Does anybody really look like that? Someone could be flipping through a magazine looking at that pretty girl or that buffed out guy then go gag themselves. We need to love our looks for what they are other than what people say they need to be. People can have beauty no matter what they look like.
1: Beauty only comes from the, from the heart, soul, and mind. Most magazines emphasize the outside when it's the inside that really matters. And change in
0: society would be most ideal for everyone.
2: This is uh, Civil Politics on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP, 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm joined still by uh, Susan Timberlake, George Claxton, and Stefan might actually talk into that microphone there. Who knows? (laughs) Crap, there's a Muppet in the room. That really wasn't
3: talking.
0: (laughs) That's what we call a phoneme. (laughs) Well, I just, uh, thank God you guys went through and looked for me because I could not remember Paul Starr's first name, but it was the corporatization of American medicine, and it was about how it started. You know, it started as, um, as you say, sort of before Flexner. Then the Flexner report, where it really got professionalized yeah. and the boundaries were set. And most professionalization
2: and also scientification, as it were. And
0: know. it was started to be restricted to more um, people of a higher socioeconomic class. It was a there was a drive well, to it to, needed to be
2: somebody who was highly educated. You know, a a post-collegiate, you know, undergraduate degree. So, yeah, it it kind of, those two kind of went together. Yeah,
3: (laughs) You also got the interesting shift from surgeons being the lowest on the rung to being one of the higher positions on the rung back in the day when you had barber-surgeons they were considered to be not real doctors. Oh, they just bleed you, right? Yeah.
2: Or they, they, you know, or they cut off your arm because it's infected or whatever, and they give you a haircut. <laughs> Two bits. Yeah, and man, you know. No, you get a shave with that. <laughs> and barbers, you know, like even today. Huh. They're, they've been left by the wayside. <laughs> oh,
0: But so as as medicine got more and more and more and more specialized, and in this country, it's amazing some of the things that can be done. In fact, all over uh-huh. the world there's amazing things. But that, you know, we were talking about specialization earlier, and then all of a sudden the corporation started to step in and buy up hospitals and, you know, HCA chains and all that. And it really changed sort of how people thought about medicine and a lot of places like blue cross and massachusetts blue cross blue shield they became for profit they had all yeah. been nonprofits, and everybody sort of moved to this profiteering yes. mo- mode and i think that's because there's a lot of money in it and i think that's where the politicians have gone they've gone to the profiteering mode and and it's sort of an interest i mean that and business I, I would, model
3: i would also point out that there was a time in the development of medicine in which the doctors became sort of like priests. Yeah, they were medicine.
0: shamans, yeah, yeah. People really, they would not question their physician. Sure. Or each other. The physicians well, wouldn't and, testify and, against each and, other.
2: Uh, and even in, you know, uh, <coughs> um, say, m- uh, medieval Europe or Renaissance Europe, I mean, the doctors wouldn't, uh, you know, they they were uh, esteemed uh, college graduates and, you uh, you know, they, they had their own r- sort of rituals and and their own um, ways of doing things, even though they weren't necessarily priests. You know, and they you know they'd say like, well, uh, this is an illness I'm not going to deal with. And, you know, I like, you know so.
3: And part of that is they, because they in out. some places in medieval times, if the doctor wasn't successful, the doctor got the chop. Right, which is why they could get to say,
2: oh, I I don't <laughs> know how
3: to help you, so yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah
0: move along, yeah, <laughs> Go along.
3: Sorry, oh. and and in truth. For the most part, medicine was worthless until about the 1920s. You were more likely to survive if you didn't see the doctor. See, I think that's pharma.
0: I think pharma really drove the, the, the dollar adventure. Once there were antibiotics that somebody I, could oh, yes. sell you.
3: I, 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 I that That's part of it. But you also had <clears throat> the point at which doctors started washing their hands for example. well the, they still don't <laughs> well the, the well, some of them do. can the, I tell you yeah. they still <laughs> the, the you know
0: the dirtiest the, thing in a hospital I've probably told you guys this at dinner sometimes it's a the doctor the, the doctor's tie, tie. yeah because yeah. they never dry clean them and they drag through everything they do yeah. all day long in fact, I think they discourage doctors from wearing ties yeah they do no, I, the I haven't actually
3: seen doctors wearing ties and years of course i have a female doctor and i have for a long <laughs> yeah. time and neither of my last two doctors wore ties yeah, yeah. so um <sighs> I'm not going to get into
2: a whole thing about like how doctors aren't as useless as you were saying because that's that's a history <laughs> of science thing. Not we'll we'll a argue about it later. <laughs> yes, indeed.
0: Well, but that that development of the business model. You know, I'm not against business. I'm just saying that it doesn't. Yeah, it, no. it isn't what the. That's not what you want to focus on in certain parts of our. What do you call it? Um, the, the, complicated world now, especially stratified society. Stratified society. society. I,
2: I would be very upset if uh, the people who were treating my brother when he was. Uh, dying of cancer, we're focused more on on how to line their pockets than on how to maybe save his life, so absolutely.
3: Yes, unfortunately, we do have people in the medical field who are like that. We have people who own bits of testing labs, for instance, and so they'll send you out for extra tests that are completely unnecessary because they profit from it. Well,
0: Well, look at the New England um, um, compounding.
3: Yes. Compounding pharmacy. Yeah, that was all about money. The head of whom, the head of which is going to prison for. Killing people because of people.
2: unsafe practices,
0: and finally they pierce the corporate goal, the yeah. corporate veil and start. Because I think the yeah. the more you do that, a few more people pay a little more attention to the, some of the insurance yeah. companies have people well, that make really and, oh, oh and yeah, and that was they, they make
3: absurd amounts of money in the insurance yeah. industry, and that's one of the reasons that we pay so much for health insurance for all forms yeah. of insurance. Well I bet really, they
0: made bad, they make bad. But you know, decisions. we we were
3: talking about mm. the corrupt about decisions. corrupt. Politicians, but a lot of that starts with corrupt corporations. Things like the compounding pharmacy, who paid their lobbyists to make sure that nobody in Massachusetts regulated compounding pharmacies because they were completely unregulated at the time. You had the people in the peanut butter industry who were spreading salmonella across the country and they were doing everything they could to prevent regulation.
0: Now, see. I think those are hideous things, but as a Republican, I think that's the You're a Republican. That's the business of business. I mean, that's what you expect them to do. You expect them to push every cut boundary,
2: cut corners and kill people?
0: Um, not to kill people, but to push as far as they can. And that's part of what America, you know, production Yes, but and the difference is between, cutting pennies off of production but, but cycles. But pushing
2: as far as you can in their case was pushing beyond the legally accepted bounds and people
0: died. People did die. Yeah.
3: Hundreds of people.
0: And they should go to jail. I think they should go to jail. But I'm, I'm not the, arguing the prof- with the business model. I'm yeah. just saying that it doesn't but, but belong that, in but certain that, places. But that is
2: your business model you know and i agree especially doesn't doesn't belong in healthcare and uh we can or food production or, well uh,
0: yeah well look yeah. at the cheap food we have that's right. partly the pressure of companies looking for new solutions right. with gmos and they're trying to get the most out of the soil i mean you, you can see why it's happening yeah you have to the, be smart the, about it the interesting it.
3: thing though but is it's also a recent study on gmos shows that one it actually doesn't produce more food And two, it doesn't reduce the number of herbicides and pesticides that you have to use. The herbicide and pesticide use in the United States has gone up, doubled and tripled over the time that they're using GMOs. While in countries where they're not using GMOs, they have found ways to reduce the use of the pesticides and herbicides.
0: I think we have to cut away to Stacey's show for a minute. But um, some GMOs do produce more food per acre, and they use Roundup or whatever they use. They're using different herbicides and pesticides. I'm not pro-GMO. I'm just saying that there's some arguments to be made that we feed a lot more people today than we did. Well,
3: I'm not anti-GMO, but a lot of the feeding extra people has nothing to do with the GMOs. That's what I'm saying. It's not that that was a particular way of feeding more people. It was a way of Monsanto making more money. So yes, in in the sense that there are corporations that found ways to make more money that way.
0: Golden rice isn't that one of the ones yeah. they're fighting over right now because it has A and D in it. Yeah. It's a rice that comes with A and D, so it'll yeah. People vitamins will, a, and, a, vitamins yeah. a and D, so that yeah. it, it's a and it's a GMO and it's a more want it. nutritious yeah. thing. Yeah, well, but it's I'm I'm not really make, I just didn't want to leave it out there that it
3: no, was no no. Well, I mean, you know. Uh, um, the the Stacey,
0: I can hear her calling already. Yeah. <laughs> Stacy well, no, is
3: the host of Evidence Base. Yeah, ke- <laughs> so ke- keep in mind that again, I'm not saying that, that GMOs are bad. I'm not saying that they're bad for you. They're not. We've been eating genetically modified foods for Since decades, <laughs> for decades now, and it hasn't well, harmed people for the most part. Clearly, so yeah, like we've been eating them for for, for thousands of years because depending have, on how you define them, yes. Yeah. If you're if you're defining them as artificial cross, selection as cross breeding, yeah. then yes, we've been doing that now for ten thousand years, literally. And artificial selection as well. So yeah.
0: yeah, But that CRISPR that CRISPR virus makes me nervous. You know, where they're doing all that, you can just snip and paste, snip and paste. It's st- a new way of of, of, yeah, of recoding
2: DNA. Yeah, that's a that's a whole thing which. Uh, I don't understand well enough that, uh, to talk about, really.
0: Yeah. So. Well, anyway, we call them gene-slingers because they mm-hmm. just kind of sling the... <laughs> but, so, you were talking... civil?
2: <laughs> right, but you're talking about... So, um, we're talking about the way, like, politics work, and we're talking about... Uh, uh, dividing
0: the... up the spoils?
2: Well, and dividing <laughs> up the spoils and the problems with profit motives and the way it corrupts. So, like, so that's one of the problems I have with the Affordable Care Act, the signature achievement of our now ex-president, Barack Obama... Um, a good law in some very important respect. It's provided health insurance
0: to I think an extra 20 million Americans. I think I've heard that number plus
2: I've nine, even more.
0: Yeah, and plus nine million, and I forget what those categories are, yeah. but there's some well, other categories.
2: Certainly, even the lowest number I've heard is in the millions. So millions of people getting health care that they that
0: didn't have it before, and that is an undeniably good thing. But it, so insurance or health care. Because I've heard people sort of blend those two together. And getting insurance doesn't mean you don't have a high deductible that you don't use. Sure. So people are on the insurance plans. And I'm, I'm just playing Republican No, here no, you're right. Well, well, yeah. yes, insurance is the same as... I would point
3: out that people chose to take plans with yes. high deductibles. Yes. They didn't have to do that, and they could have taken a plan that would actually have provided better More medical coverage. care. Yeah.
2: And the hope is, because of the uh, expansion of, of Medicaid, Medicaid yeah. at least in you know the smarter states in the country, um, people who otherwise wouldn't be able to afford the coverage at all, or at least afford coverage that's worthwhile, actually can't. So, I mean, that's good, but it's also at the same time funneling tons of money into private insurance companies. And in some states, I know they're they having like problems. That. Yeah, they, but they, they really, that. They they really <laughs> like the tons of money
0: part and the new patients, as long as they're not sick. Yeah, yeah. yes,
3: as long as they don't have to pay out. You know, but I I, remember- I mean the the job of insurance companies is not to pay for you when you're sick or when you have a car crash. It's to collect your money and invest it. And and not pay it out whenever possible. Um, yes,
2: I mean that's that is the business model. Take in more than more than you pay pay out. I mean that's yeah. true for a lot of. Things,
0: and car but. insurance companies, they're they're terrible. Some of them are wicked. Never have an accident. It's like a nightmare because you know when you go to use it. And then other insurance companies are great, and they you know they take their very you know very. Um, they take the job seriously, and, and they actually
3: show up. Provide a when service, you need them. and
0: yeah, so but it's just sort of that that. It's sort of like this business model that kind of gets – it goes rogue a little bit when we get into these really stratified scenarios where people can actually take advantage of them.
3: And what you were saying earlier about politics, that's exactly what you find. It's a kind of business model where the idea is that uh, Sue and George get elected to Congress and we represent um, Group A and Group B or – you know, Congressional District A and Congressional District B, and we try to do things that are good for those Congressional districts. But the way it actually works in practice is George and Sue get elected, and now Stefan and Mike, who have deep pockets and represent the uh, widget industry and the blurb industry, now come and they want to uh, give us money for supporting, in some cases, blurbs and widgets, and in some cases not regulating blurbs and widgets. Particularly, Stefan, who knows that blurbs kill people in the long run. That doesn't
0: sound like Stefan.
3: <laughs> hey, you were a Bernie uh, supporter. <laughs> he, he's a youngster, and you know how they are.
1: Sue, we always knew you were in the pocket of the blurb industry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and proud of it. Big blurb. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> but you explain it in such a way that it doesn't sound bad. It's not, well, we know blurbs kill people. It's that... Blurbs have, for many years, provided this and that and other function for the American people. It's like cigarettes. Yeah. We know cigarettes kill people. We've known this now for decades. Over 50 years. Mm-hmm. And we still have arguments with people, well, no, cigarettes and smoking cigarettes isn't harmful. Yes, of course it is. But we have lobbyists telling uh, our, our new- Congresswoman Sue that... She shouldn't Mm. act against cigarettes because the American people want cigarettes. If
2: if I recall correctly, our incoming vice president uh, actually argued against uh, the dangers of cigarettes. Pence
0: Boehner definitely did.
3: Yeah. Our vice president? You mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So.
0: So I want to know what what uh, Stefan thinks of all the trade deals and sort of stuff like that, (laughs) sort of in terms of being civil and sort of our role in the world you know it seems like that's a really hot topic is sort of how the us yeah. is in the in the in the world
1: well i think um y- you three have been summing it up you know rather nicely over the last hour but part of the issue we have is is the proliferation of bs <laughs> Yes. Um, I would say.
3: Absolutely. And it, in in a post-fact, <laughs> post-truth society. Exactly.
0: Did you see my face? It and looked the, like, what, yeah. what's Aleppo? What's BS? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I, was, I was trying to go. make what it was. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs>
1: Gary, we hardly knew you. Yeah. Um, but the difficulty then comes when the, um, you know, like old, old Newton said, you get an equal and opposite reaction, and the equal and opposite reaction is outrage. And Trying and I think the struggle that we sort of face in our politics is trying to be able to differentiate between truth and fiction, but do so in a way where, you know, we don't we don't drive ourselves nuts and we don't seek to sort of um, make enemies out of each other.
3: But it's also it's also a question of how do we have a civil discussion Mm. If you believe that the moon is made of green cheese and I'm insisting that it's not
2: well or if you believe that uh, Hillary Clinton is involved in a secret ring that's like praying oh, child molesters of ch- molesting children out
3: of a pizza house right
2: in in w- out of the basement of a of Washington DC pizza parlor that doesn't even have <laughs> doesn't a basement of a basement <laughs> thank you yes yeah. uh,
3: and, and that's one of those things. How do you that? How do you like have that? that discussion? And that's what I was talking about well, earlier. Well, it's easy to
2: argue with them. <laughs> how do you actually like function and like have uh, a society that works? I mean, that that is actually... um well, so, you know,
0: Bernie and Hillary did a pretty good job of being civil.
3: Yeah. And well, they had very different perspectives. Well, yes, but, but in last year's election, we also had Trump, who is now president of the United States, who continually told lie after lie after lie and it was proven that he was telling lies
0: nobody and cared didn't yeah.
3: care and and who also just said crazy
2: horrible things about people like i'm not a fan of senator ted cruz but i'm quite certain that senator ted cruz's father did not murder john fitzgerald kennedy that was me <laughs> i mean um,
3: no no well, I but, wasn't but again there.
2: Hush now, we're speak, speaking speaking yeah. of how you
1: know money has become tied in trump made a lot of money for the media networks that were covering him, I mean, yeah, he, he, he sure was, did.
0: and he was aware of that. Exactly. Y- and yeah, and he it, would it, say it, it became <laughs> a
1: symbiotic relationship over the yeah. course of that campaign. I mean, he got something like a billion dollars worth of free advertising. As some, I think, as or close I've heard to that it. number. Yeah. Um, yes. And I, I, you know, I think his whole sort of rise and 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 um regenesis as a bona fide political figure is is a testament to exactly what you're talking about which is the you know the the shiny ob first of all the shiny object syndrome you know we're like magpies you when when you have th- mm. so much information some of it is is true some of it is false we don't have good arbiters anymore to be gatekeepers see the news we
2: do have arbiters but
3: People don't them. believe them. Yeah,
0: well, some too, people yeah. don't
2: believe them, and people have different sort of standards about that. Well, which, I think
0: the media's a little bit done it to themselves because yeah. we don't. they run to a story so fast. No. It's almost like well, you can't find the real and, story.
2: And, and a lot of times what they want to cover is what people are paying attention to. The shiny to. thing. But no, I, I should mention, Johnra, uh, uh, our producer, did put together a, a great resource, which is on our website, which is basically a... Uh, oh, the news. A, a news sorting search thing. If you go there... Uh, it's like a. I think it's. I think it's using Google, but um, the idea is it's like it's only going to s- uh, search in sources that we, as a as a civil politics group, have said like, okay, this is a reputable news source. This is actually going to give us reliable information, as opposed to like, you know, uh, uh, talking about the weather control machines that make tornadoes. Right. The problem,
3: Michael, <laughs> is that you're a leftist, and this here is a leftist show. And I cannot believe anything you say because you do not report the same things as Brad Bart and Alex (laughs) Jones, who we know are reliable sources.
0: We did Financial Times. We did National Review. Actually, we might not have done National Review. but
3: But for people who believe in Alex Jones and the weather machine, yeah. right. They're not going the, to the accept. The physically impossible weather machine. <laughs> they're, going, they're not going to accept something from NPR. They're not no. going to accept something from the New York Times and not even necessarily from the Wall Street Journal no. or the Financial Times or the Times of London, which is now a very right-wing paper because yeah. it's owned by Murdoch. Yeah. And I think this
1: falls pretty heavily on people sort of my age and younger as well because you know how Francis Fukuyama talked about the end of history? And mm. I'm almost seeing... a. Something else happened now, in which there in w- w- there's such an information-rich environment to be coming of age politically right now. But it's mm. so fraught with potential um, oh, pitfalls, distilled. and it's... there aren't good there aren't a lot of good models to follow in terms of if you want to be active and if you want to be politically engaged. And there's a lot of people trying to kind of lead you on to, to follow them. Almost it's, it's almost like politics by cult. And I think that's another... Yeah, that is unfortunate. Yeah. Another service we can try to render as we're doing this show is to try to untangle that and Because provide... I'm not
0: joining any cult. Well, <laughs> of course you not, You already so. have. They're called Republicans. <laughs> the cult of the Republican.
2: All hail Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Oh,
0: dear. Oh, well, oh, my goodness. Have we been civil? I guess we have. We have been civil,
3: but... <laughs> and we've politicked. We, we now come to a close.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. But As issue, we ride off into the sunset. <laughs> but mm-hmm. that issue of cults and sort of joining groups and being insular, I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's a real, that's a real theme. But it trend. provides a
1: draw because you want that kind of leadership and direction when it's not coming from another source. You get it from so somebody vacuum, who's yeah. providing specious, you know...
2: Information. Well, and that's certainly something we'll, we can talk about maybe even on our next
1: show.
0: Maybe it could be the cult of civil politics. Yes, indeed.
2: <laughs> uh, I get to wear the special funny hat. <laughs> and you can tune in on the radio to see me wear that special funny hat. Wait, a, Wait minute. a minute.
0: Men always wear robes when they want to be really powerful, but they look like women. Have you ever noticed that? Judges and... Uh, never mind. Meanwhile. I'm,
2: I'm, And that's a Monty Python sketch. So we'll end with that. So we'll end with that Uh, Thanks for listening to this episode of Civil Politics Uh, Good night